Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin with Hashem Shalom, Bayashir number 334. We started last year talking about thinking clearly in face of challenges uh, and with criticism. Today, we're going to talk about other scenarios. One of them is to, face, uh, to think clearly in the face of anger. Um, it's brought down that the Mishlei, Mane Rach Yoshev Chema, that's Perak Tesval Pasik Aleph. A soft reply returns away, turns away anger. The Vilna Goyen says on this Pasuk that when you communicate to another in a soft manner, this will calm someone who is already angry with you. When the person who is angry with you has a valid complaint, then admit it, and this will calm him down. Then the soft manner, this, it really means two things. The tone of voice in which you're saying it needs to be soft, and also the content needs to be soft content. Now, very often, now the person who has the man, the anger issue, whether husband or wife, needs to work on it. Um, you know, that's part of Ayatul Eimah Yisayim Sechbeisay on the husband's end, on the wife's end also could cause a lot of stress. And um, some people struggle with anger, and you know, that that's a mida that just simply needs to be worked on. Now, sometimes your husband or wife had a valid reason for being angry. But you find that that present anger is way out of proportion. In other words, it's much more intense than necessary. In other words, the valid approach, even you acknowledge, you realize you did something wrong or whatever it is, that it would be in the form of maybe an annoyance, you know, but the, a, a whole tirade and, and, and that is way beyond. So if that happens, though, it's still wisest to apologize in most instances. Nothing's to be gained at this point by attacking your spouse's ha- anger right then and there. What you do is you apologize, especially if there's an akuda that you know that, that she, she or he was right. Uh, so then you may say, you know, that, uh, you know, you apologize. And then later, when things calm down somewhat, you know, that issue was worked out, you could tell your husband or wife, you know, you had a reason, a valid reason to be upset before. But in the future, I would appreciate it if you would word your complaint in a softer manner. I'm a cobble better when you, you know, if you're upset. Yeah, you could explain to me in a calm way that you're upset because of this and this. And I'm willing to improve. I'm willing to learn. But, but the, the, the real excess anger and going overboard with that really, um, you know, hurts me, puts me in a shell, uh, you know, and, and I, get, I could get defensive. If you, you know, talk to me in a nice tone of voice and explain it, uh, most, most of the times I'll, I'll have no problem being macabulous and trying to fix what I need to fix. Sometimes when a person's really, really upset, it's best to be quiet and let them just let off steam until they calm down. And then afterwards you could basically, um, you know, have a conversation once they calm down. Um, he brings an anecdote, which is interesting, that says as follows. My spouse is a blamer. Whenever something goes wrong, she says, it's all your fault this happened. The words together with the angry tone of voice are very pain, pain, painful. Now, I was blamed a lot as a child and easily became intimidated. So I tend to over-apologize. And it's as if I needed to apologize for my very existence. 
It was suggested that I became more aware of these thoughts in my mind and note how I view my spouse and and myself when these blaming occurs. I became aware that I view my spouse as a powerful giant. I have associations with times that my parents blame me for misbehaving or for breaking or losing things even when it wasn't my fault. I remember teachers who blamed me for things that weren't beyond my control. So I was told to realize that my spouse blames me in an angry manner. It's because of bad feelings my spouse is experiencing right now. It's expression of vulnerability and low, lowered self-esteem, so I can f- view the frustration and anger with compassion. By the way, that's so, so true. Very often, you know, anger looks like it's a vicious attack, but in reality, very often, and no excuse for it, you know, it's still a very negative mida, but it comes from a certain fear inside of self-blame or lack of self, self-worth. So again, we're not talking about Halila when you have this anger issue that's beyond control that could lead Hasashon to a tremendous amount of physical or emotional abuse. That's not the subject of this particular shear. But this particular shear is talking about people, flawed people, uh, that are not mamish abusive, but they, they get into these anger tantrums and things like that, and they need to work on it. And the spouse needs to not take it personal and know how to handle it. And by thinking clearly and by responding the right way, um, that definitely um, helps tremendously. Also nagging. You know, sometimes uh, a spouse nags a lot. And um, that also takes a lot of shikladas, how to handle that. You know, when at some point when, you know, when things are calm, you have to basically explain to your wife or your husband, you know, not to nag. Uh, you can make requests once, twice, three times if I forget, but not to the point of nagging because usually what happens is they withdraw and go to the opposite extreme. You nag me, and I, so I'm not going to even bother you know, listening to what you have to say. Uh, so that, that's really what happens. Okay, so, but the idea behind this, we were talking about the recipient to think clearly when they're the subject of, of criticism or anger or things like that. Or nagging, but the person who is doing these things, they need to become more self-aware as well. That when they're under stress, they tend to either nag or to, um, you know, lose their temper, and they need to know how to regulate it and to work on it so that 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 happens less and less frequently, till eventually it doesn't happen at all. That doesn't mean that you can't be upset and express your hurts, you know, but in a, always in a calm, respectful way, and that's a skill that can be learned. And now we're going to talk about the Mida of pride, of Gaiva, which hurts marriages tremendously. And um, the one, you know, who has that arrogance about them um, is usually unaware of what damage they could cause to their marriage and to their husband, to their wife. And here are some, if you, you know, everyone needs their introspection to see how much of this is true. And uh, everyone acquainted a level to try to improve on it. So the idea of pride, the way they, prideful people, they, they tend, believe it or not, very often they could be very generous, very witty, very smart, and very charismatic even, friendly. Um, but it's all external. It's chitzainius. Inside there's a tremendous uh, gaiva and a feeling of self-importance. Um Another thing prideful people have is they always think they are right. Um, they may say, I understand, 
yeah, I understand when they're, you know, something they caught on resistance. But as soon as, uh, you know, they say, I understand, they go back to whatever ways they go back to, and they really don't understand at all. Or, you know, they always think they're right and you're wrong. Or they refuse to apologize, which means they refuse to be vulnerable. This is very important. Um, the vulnerability in marriage is a key of bonding, and it's very, very important to um, be vulnerable in that sense. Another thing with prideful people, people who are have gaiva in them, is they cannot be told of criticism or issues about themselves. They cannot be silent. You point out a negative trait that they have to work on. It's like a, it's like a, they they struggle. They freak out or they shut down, and um, because their arrogance doesn't allow them to accept the fact that they have some issues that they need to work on, and. Um, and very often the pride goes together with anger because if things don't go your way and, and you have that full you know vision of yourself um, and um, that, that could lead to um, anger problems as well. Of course, we know Arab Shabbos, uh, you know, when people are in a rush, it's also very important to uh, learn how to be calm there. Um, here's an anecdote that Zelopliskin brings down in his marriage book, he says, basically, I am, I have a calm nature, which I'm able to maintain even under pressure. After being married for about a year, I noticed that on Friday afternoons, as it was getting late, I felt tense. My interactions with my husband reflected this pleasure, this, this pressure, and my husband didn't complain, but I realized the habit I was falling into. Now, how does it help to speak this way, I asked myself. So I resolved to remain, remain calm. Previously, I assumed that I needed to get nervous and panicky in order to complete everything in time. However, by being calm, I worked with the same speed as before, and I was even more efficient. This created a much more peaceful heart atmosphere in our home. That was six years ago. Now, with three, three children and a morning job, I'm much busier. But since I'm developed, I've developed a habit of remaining calm when preparing for Shabbos, even when I have a lot to do in a short time. The whole process is enjoyable. This is really a skill. People f- believe, they really believe that if the only way they could get things done on a short era Shabbos or any type of deadline is if I uh, freak out, I get nervous, panicky, there gives me the energy to complete it. But in reality, that's not what's needed. There's a certain menuch nefesh and yishavadas that, that's, that uh, can be worked on and developed. Another nakuda of thinking clearly is to think clearly in the face of religious differences that take place between a husband and a wife. And um, when you have these differences, think about this outcome thinking like we talked about before. Uh, see the ramifications. He has a fascinating anecdote here, and I want to share it with you. Um, it's towards the end of his marriage book, and it's a tremendous uh, insight. He says like this, the young man who davened in a shul in Tel Aviv consulted the Chazaynish and Bnei Barak about an issue that troubled him. In the shul where he davened, most of the people were not familiar with the halachas at tefillin. So they put on tefillin, but they didn't put it on the proper place and failed to do the mitzvah. He wanted to go to the Bima one day and give an informal lesson and on the proper mariner of putting on tefillin. And the Chazaynish told him not to do it that way. Your intentions are good, but the public announcement will be met with protests to leave them alone. So Chazaynis said, use a different type of a mahalach. What you should do is, 
is approach each person individually with respect towards that person, with humility in your way you, uh, you know, your mannerisms, and gently suggest the proper way to put on tefillin. Now, that though was the Chazayinish's Eitzah. So there was a man who was married for over 10 years. He commented upon hearing this story and on how to apply this message. And he said the following. He said that, I now see how wrong I was when I corrected my wife after seeing her make halachic mistakes. I began to speak with respect and humility instead of anger and indignation if I saw something need correction. And my wife expressed her appreciation about my approach and was more open to what I had to say. This is so, so important. Um, even if you think you're right and your wife or husband uh, is wrong and they're on a lower level of of uh, Shabbos, you know, uh, uh, they were, of, of, of a Shabbos observance or any type of, type of observance, by being kind to one another and talk respectfully, that helps. Sharp words never help in these situations when it comes to religion and, and disagreements in, in that nature of that nature. Here's another big nakuda. Um, a wife says that my husband spent too much time on his business and not enough time learning Tyra. I spoke to him many times about increasing his studies, but this led to arguments, and he felt resentful towards me for badgering him. I spoke to Talmud Chacham about the proper approach to take, and his, his advice helped me tremendously. He told me that instead of nagging my husband, I should encourage him in positive ways. I should celebrate his successes and respect, express my respect and admiration for what he, has, what he does do. And I need to realize that my Avodah Hashem is based on what I can do, not what I can't. And my husband was grateful for my new approach and found more time to study Tyra. This happens so much where positive feedback helps that on one own, one's own, one will get better. You see, when a wife, let's say, tells the husband, you know, you're, you're not learning enough, you need to be Kaveya Eitim. Deep down, the husband knows that the wife is right. She is right. She, he sees his schedule or sees his slackening off in learning, and he realizes it. But the nagging or the, or the approach or the constant badgering of it puts him on the defensive. And like we said in, in, in last year very often, that even if it's a good idea, they'll put it in the low on the priority list because of the fact that you're bothering me about it. You leave me alone. And that's just human nature. So the reality it is, you could express it. I'm not saying, you know, of course, if a wife feels a husband needs to learn more, has greater potential, has more time, she could have a discussion with him. And she could, here and there, you know, bring it up, you know, in a conversation. But the nagging of it and the badgering of it, that's what he's talking about that is counterproductive. It's more the praise and the wisdom um, to build the person up. That's really key. So with everything we spoke about um, in last year and in this year, it, it requires skill, but also tefillah. You ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help you. And you say, like we said many, many times, a tremendous eitzah, to ask for Shalom Bayis three times a day. By Shemayna Esrei, briefly, please HaKadosh Baruch Hu, help me have siyat Shmaya that me and my wife should have Shalom Bayis together beautifully. Me and my husband should have Shalom Bayis together beautifully. And of course, afterwards you do your required ishtadlis, but the etzem tefillah of wanting to have shalom bayis and asking Hashem for it. 
and asking Hashem to help you learn the skills and the tools. So, for example, this thinking clearly aspects where in the past you were like very reactive and very defensive, and now you're asking Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, please grant me the intelligence to know how to handle things and how to respect more and how to uh, you know be delicate when I need to be delicate with my husband or with my wife remember we talked about this before also when you ask in the fourth bracha of Shemayin Esrei you ask him for knowledge it's also to ask him for sanity and it's also to ask him for emotional intelligence in learning how to handle situations and you daven Kadosh Baruch Hu and he gives you siyat and with your shtadlis of doing what you do Hashem puts it in your mind, the right words to say and the right thoughts to think to enhance your shalom bias. Bracha